Hello and welcome to the NLCC Sermons Podcast. Here in a moment, we're going to listen in on a message on how iron sharpens iron through prayer. But first, we wanted to take a minute to discuss what this message is and maybe some of the key takeaways that we can get after hearing this message. Hello, my name is Preston and uh, with me on the podcast today is Patrick Andrews. Hello. And Patrick did not give the sermon this week. Uh, We did have a guest speaker named David Hatfield from Polish Christian Ministries. And so, Patrick, could you tell me a little bit about what this ministry is? Yeah, definitely. So Polish Christian Ministries is a ministry that we support here at North Liberty uh, monthly by um, sponsoring pastors in Poland. Um, They they exist to assist Polish Christians in becoming healthy, growing, self-supporting, and reproducing congregations. Um, they do this by planting churches and providing resources to those churches in Poland. Awesome. Thank you very much. And uh, David gave a message on prayer. Uh, we're in this series called Iron Sharpens Iron, how Christians treat other Christians, how we build each other up. And specifically, we're talking about Iron Sharpens Iron through prayer. Is there one, maybe just one big takeaway that you really hope that as people listen to this message that they listen for? Yeah, so David really leaned in on the verse uh, 1 Samuel 2.2. Uh, which is there is no other, uh, there is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one beside you, um, and there is no rock like our God. He spoke heavily on how God is our rock and how we should run to that rock. But as we're running, we should bring everybody with us. Mm. So we should be praying together as a group, as a community, and praying for each other um, to help each other run towards that rock. Awesome. Well, thank you for helping us uh, clarify a little bit of that message and bring some extra context to it. Let's go ahead and listen in on this message on prayer in our series, Iron Sharpens Iron. Good morning. Let's begin with prayer. Heavenly Father, may the meditation of my heart and the words of my mouth be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our Redeemer. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Grance pozdrowienia zawiśku polskie koszów, łaska i pokój dla ciebie od naszego Pana Jezusa Chrystusa. Andy Netzel, that was for you. If you want to know the translation to that, I'll tell you right now. Warm greetings from all the churches in Poland and grace and peace to you from our Lord Jesus Christ, you may have recognized the Azusa Christusa at the end. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. What a great passage of scripture. What a great theme to have as a series. When Tim approached me about preaching a sermon as a part of this series, Iron Sharpens Iron, specifically through prayer, I got real excited. I don't know if you could tell on the other end of the email, Tim, um, because that's such a foundational. That's what the church is in Acts 2.42, devoted to. And it's so easy to lose sight of this very significant, important aspect of one's life. You know, God loves the church, doesn't he? But he loves each person individually as well and he's given us this great privilege of engaging with him 
not just, and I'm not against closet prayer and going to your closet in the morning or whenever you choose to do that. That's very important. But we can engage with God at any time, anywhere, any moment. Chris alluded to that earlier during our time of worship. We are at his, he's there for us at all times, and that is an awesome, awesome thing. I believe, as Oswald Chambers, one of my favorite authors, who has like 150 quotes just in his book, My Utmost for His Highest, devotional, uh, one of his quotes is, prayer does not fit us for the greater work, prayer is the greater work. Prayer is, a second quote from Oswald, prayer is not a preparation for work, it is the work. Prayer is not a preparation for the battle, it is the battle. Prayer is twofold, definite asking and definite waiting to receive. So, I want to tell you a story. It was when I was eight years old, I remember staying in a tent outside in southern Illinois, uh, solo, for the first time in my life. And again, I was eight years old, it was in the backyard of my home, and when I say solo, I mean no parents. My younger brother, Mike, and my neighbor friend, a couple years older than us, also named Mike, was with me. We built a fire uh, under our parents' supervision, cooked hot dogs on a stick with all the trimmings, and topped off the evening with roasted marshmallows melted into Hershey's milk chocolate slapped between two graham crackers. It's called a s'more. And it's, the reason it's called that is because once you've had one, you always want s'more. Okay, you guys are awake. After cleaning up, you always get messy when you have s'mores, our parents left us and it was 40 yards away uh, into our house. And it was time to, to bed down, to go to sleep. And like good boys, seven, eight, and ten, we went right to sleep. Okay, so we didn't. Wrong, we started talking and laughing and burping and, okay, you get the idea. Well, when we had no sooner fallen off to sleep, we were awakened by something that hit our tent. We didn't know what it was, and we really didn't want to find out. Our tent was secure and it was buttoned down for the night. We'd done everything right. We were Cub Scouts. Now, we hadn't been trained for combat, but we were Cub Scouts, so we were, we were ready to, for this. Well, then another something hit our tent. What was going on? Is something dropping from the persimmon trees that we, part, that we had our tent under? That we were under three very large persimmon trees, and it very easily could have been those persimmons, but it was the fall and was after season, and we had cleaned up the area, as if you know anything about persimmons, that can be really messy. So we had the area all cleared. It couldn't be persimmons. What was it? What was going on? Well, a third bomb hit our tent, then a fourth. We had declared we were under attack. We didn't know who was out there or what was attacking us or how we were going to defend ourselves. Well, my neighbor, Mike, became general, and he slowly said, we're going to unzip the kick unzip the tent, we're going to crawl on our bellies to the back door of your house. They won't see us, we'll, we'll be fine. He does that, we get on our bellies, uh, 
we're crawling. We barely get outside the tent. The plan was to crawl all the way again to the back door of our house. But as soon as another bomb hit the back seat of my pants, we all three got up on our feet, screamed at the top of our lungs as we ran to the back door of our house together. We ran to a safe place. Now, I'll come back to that story. But my point is at this point is how do we sharpen one another through prayer? Well, I think, simply think it's when we go to him together. How can we be better prayers? How can we be more engaged even with God than going together to that safe place? Praying with one another connects you deeper with your brother or your sister in Christ. I made a commitment early in my 30-year local ministry to pray with someone every day staff devotions, home groups, calling an elder on the phone and saying, hey, let's pray. When we understand that he is the safe place, we will run to him. Sometimes screaming at the top of our lungs, knowing that our rock will provide us safety in our journey. So I've got a question for you this morning. Who is your rock? Where is that safe place who do you go who do you lean on in a pandemic or in any other time in our lives who do you trust with your struggles where do you find shelter in your storms who do you depend upon for answers when it comes to racial injustice or whether you should participate in a peaceful demonstration how do you respond when the world seems to have turned upside down who is your rock After receiving the answer to her prayer, Hannah declared, there is no one holy like the Lord. There's no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. Can you say that with me? Is it on the board? Yeah, if you can read and if you have a voice, let's read this together. There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. Now, okay, do you have a next slide? Is there, do we not have the, oh, okay, you can go back, I don't want that slide yet. So we don't have a picture of the rock, that rock behind, um, which is fine. Uh, I had a picture of of a rock in Colorado Springs. It's called the balanced rock. It's just a huge rock, and you can actually go underneath it, and it looks like you're holding the rock up. Anybody ever been there? What's the, yeah, a few of you have. Yeah, awesome place. That rock is uh, a 700-ton red sandstone ballerina perched on its tiptoes in the heart of the Garden of the Gods. Not God, but gods. It is unique. It's not like most other rocks you'll find any other places. But our rock, our God, is not like any other rock you will find anywhere else. There's actually a few like the one in Colorado. Praise God, our feet have been upon, set upon the rock, the chief cornerstone, Jesus Christ, Jesusa Christusa. When he is the foundation of our life, we will be able to face adversity and challenges of great magnitude. Now, unfortunately, COVID is still lingering on, is it not? I know this, God was not surprised and is not still not surprised by COVID. That's not the greatest challenge that he's ever had. 
His marvelous works have been from the beginning and they will not be thwarted, altered, or hindered. Nothing can stop his name from receiving the glory he deserves. You know, at Polish Christian Ministries, we're thanking God that even through the pandemic, as it continues, and cases and deaths are continuing actually to rise in Poland in this season, in this time, PCM has been able to send support for pastor salaries 100% every month. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that North Liberty Church of Christ has been faithful through that pandemic. You, not, I don't know if you guys know this, but you've been faithful every month. Thank you for that, and thank you for so many other churches that have made that possible. Building projects have progressed actually more than in, in any other year than 2021. The gospel is being proclaimed, and people are coming to Jesus. We're thankful for that. Um, so you can go to that next slide. These guys, these guys are the Polish pastors. Zbyszek Wojnacki and Adam Dulinski are in that picture, and you guys support them. You're going to hear from them a little bit later in our service. Uh, but they, uh, I'm going to let them bring greetings to you. Um, the summer, this summer, we will celebrate 100 years. You can go to the next slide. Yeah. Uh, of the Christian churches in Poland. And it was supposed to be celebrated this year, or last year, 2021, but we've waited until this year. We hope to return. We're planning a trip from June 13th through 27th. Actually, a couple of you have already approached me, and uh, I've, I've, Tim shared a little bit about different trips that you guys are taking. I will tell you now so that you don't have to ask me later. You do have to be vaccinated to enter the European Union, and each country in the European Union actually has many times greater restrictions, and it's uh, definitely something that needs to happen in order to enter the country of Poland. That's where it stands right now. Like everything else, things change, right? They can change on a dime. But that's where it is right now. But we would love for you to come and help us uh, celebrate with them uh, the 100 years of the Christian church in Poland. You know, Poland through a world war, communism, the Iron Curtain, social upheaval. God has been faithful to build his church in Poland, and we trust him in the days ahead. What do you do when you think you're in trouble? What do you do when you know you're in trouble? Well, the lesson I learned, and the first point that I want to share with you tonight, or this morning, is that when I was eight years old, this came to me very clearly. Run to the rock and bring everybody with you. Run and get to that safe place. Put yourself in a position before God in that safe place, and that's, that's a great beginning. Run to the rock of ages, cleft for me. Let me hide myself in thee. The biblical David spent 10 years outmaneuvering the enemy by living in caves and crevices of rocks. Psalm 40 says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust. Blessed is the man who runs to the rock because he knows that's a safe place. How do you prepare for what you cannot see coming? Now, who knew wearing masks 
social distancing and washing your hands would be the motto of 20 and 21 and here we are 2022 now you might not be adhering to any of those things but it's still being broadcast wherever whatever state we're in whatever restaurant we enter there's some sign that has their position on these these things fact is we don't know what's coming in 2022 for sure do we 2023 2024 but we do know this we have a safe place to get to a rock that is going to protect and provide and be there for us no matter what circumstances surround us well what I want so what I after we get to that safe place, after we put ourselves in that position, the best thing for us to do there then is point number two for me, is to know your rock through praying with others. Once you're in that position, spend time with the rock. Spend time with your heavenly father. Again, he loves you. He loves the church. He loves you personally and individually. And he has something that he'd like to share with you. And we need to find out what that is. He has things he wants to hear from us that we need to get off our chest and let him handle. And sometimes I'm, I've been in the, walking with God since I was 10, baptized into Christ and Grew up in a pastor's home, went to Bible college, a couple of them, both in Lincoln and Cincinnati, and there's still things that I don't understand. I don't have answers to, but I know that being in a place, in a position of prayer, and praying with others, that I get to know who he is a little bit better. My God is my rock. Psalm 46 says, God is our refuge and strength. He's a safe place as an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, that's devastation. Though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. Yesterday there was a volcano that could have reached California. That's crazy. There's a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. <laughs> she will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see the works of the Lord, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God, for I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in all the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. This is the God, this is our rock, who protects us from the enemy who gives us answers in the time that we need them and exactly when we, we do need them. Our God can do anything. Do you believe that? He can create something out of nothing. He can slay giants with a single stone. He can shut the mouths of lions. He can open prison doors. 
He can break bars of iron. He can mend a broken heart. He can forgive all of our failures. He can renew my strength so that I can soar on wings like eagles. My God can do anything. He can walk upon the water. He can ride upon the clouds. He can part the mighty waters. He can calm a raging sea. He can rain fire down from heaven. He can save from the fiery furnace. He can turn deserts into rivers. He can turn water into wine. My God can do anything. He can make a king look like a beast. He can make a beast speak like a man. He can send demons into pigs. He can place coins in the mouths of a fish. He can rule the kingdoms of the earth. He can change the plans of nations. He can know the thoughts of every man. He can see their every deed. My God can do anything. He can fix a broken marriage. He can heal the deepest wound. He can take a hopeless situation and fill it full of hope. He can take what's dead and lifeless and make it alive again. He can take a heart that's hard as stone and make it soft like flesh. Do it again, Lord. He can take our uncertainties and give us blessed assurance. He can make the lame to walk. He can cause the blind to see. He can pull us out of a pit and set us high on a rock. He can help us overcome every adversity we face. He can lead us to victory amidst a pandemic. He can remain calm amidst the storm. He can rise above the coronavirus and see us to the finish line. My God is my rock. My God can do anything. I can't see right now. So I need to wipe my eyes. Every time we pray, our horizon is altered. Our attitude to things is altered. Not sometimes, but every time. And the amazing thing is that we don't pray more. It's amazing to me. I'm talking to myself. Why is this true that every time we go before God, we are there's a change that's made. One of the reasons we are changed every time we pray is because of who our rock is. Who we have ran to. You gotta know who you're running to, who that safe place is. And when you pray and engage with him in prayer, you will get to know him more. And those around you who you've brought with you will know him more as well. Know your rock by praying with others. Well, North Liberty Church of Christ financially supports two pastors in Poland. I met with both of them this past week on Zoom. I recorded a short video clip as they desire to greet you and pray for you. The first pastor serves in the Astuta Church. His name is Zbigniew Wynacki. Let's hear from Zbyszek. Hello, everyone in North Liberty Church of Christ. I'm, I'm very happy to to talk to you, to the people who are new creation in Christ. That's uh, something wonderful what we can feel. And uh, I would like to greet you in the name of Jesus. And I want to thanks to all of you for everything, what you are doing to us and uh, your support with your prayers, with your financial. Uh, it is very much helpful for us to do many things. I'm, I'm going to tell you that uh, in last months, since October, 
we got six new people who came after one evangelistic event, what we were doing uh, around of our church. Uh, I, I've, I've got a COVID-19 and uh, since 12th of December, I was laying in a hospital and uh, many people prayed for me and was very helpful. And the doctors and the nurses, they were very, very helpful and very, uh, very kind. So I'm, I'm grateful to the Lord for this new experience laying in a hospital for 12 days. But uh, brothers and sisters, I want to pray for you that God will give you all what you need in this 2022. Uh, our God, I want to thank to you for people who are new creation in Christ, in the North Liberty Church of Christ. Uh, I'm, I thank you, thank you, Lord, that we are uniting as a Christians. And please give them everything what they need in this new year. <clears throat> give them many new ideas for the church will be growing. And thank you for pastors and our staff, everyone who is there praying and helping to us. In the name of Jesus, I pray, amen. I'm Adam Dolinsky and I'm a pastor of Christian Fellowship West in Warsaw. I'm speaking to you now, standing in our new venue, which is placed in one of the shopping malls in Bemovo district, Warsaw. It couldn't happen without your support. So now I want to thank you, North Liberty Church of Christ, for your constant financial and prayer support. We really do appreciate it. I can't tell you even how much. It couldn't happen without you. And I'm so thankful to God that he gives us friends, even so far away, who can participate in it and, and really cooperate in mission in Warsaw in sending gospel to people who doesn't know Jesus yet. So I'm with this thankfulness in my heart if from whole congregation. I would love to pray for you guys. And once again, thank you. Panie Boże, dziękujemy za Twoją łaskę, za Twoją dobroć i za przyjaciół, których mamy tam w North Liberty Church of Christ. Dziękujemy Ci za nich, dziękujemy Ci, Panie, za to, że myślą o nas, że modlą się o nas i że wspierają finansowo i że robią wszystko, aby Twoja Ewangelia mogła docierać do mieszkańców Warszawy. Błogosław ich, Panie, prowadź, mów do nich. W Twoje ręce ich powierzamy. W imieniu Jezusa. Amen. Thank you, guys. Adam prayed in Polish. The translation of his Polish prayer was is this lord god thank you for your grace and your goodness and for these friends we have at north liberty church of christ thank you for them that they think of us and pray for us and support us financially and do everything so the gospel can be shared here in warsaw bless them and lead them by your hand in the name of jesus amen okay maybe maybe some other time you'll get to hear adam uh, pray that in in polish The Polish pastors, not just Adam and Zbyszek, but when I gather with and go to churches in Poland, meet with their, them, their leaders, and their church, one of the greatest things that they say that Polish Christian ministries and the U.S. church does for them is pray for them. It's not, not hard for them to believe because they're, they're believers in Jesus and they know that prayer is so important, but it is so encouraging to them to know that churches in the U.S., 
pastors, uh, leaders, churches, women, men, and children are praying for them. So remember Zbishik, you've seen his face, may not be able to say his name. It's Zbigniew is his proper name like David is my proper name. Zbishik is his name like my name is Dave, if you want to call me Dave or something. That's why it's different. Adam is Adam. Um, pray for them. Thank God for them. Ask on uh, their behalf for God's grace to, to be upon their lives as well as they pray for you on a very regular basis. We ask them if they do, and certainly when we're there, they always do, and, and they, they do from, uh, from week to week as well. First Peter, the whole book really was written to encourage Christians under the threat of violent persecution. We're not there yet, but what a great book. I've just pulled out one verse out of First Peter, but an entire commentary on First Peter is entitled Courage in Times of Trouble. So if you have a chance, read the whole book of First Peter in one setting with this kind of mindset. How does, what's Peter saying to the believers in the time that they were going through in the first century and how it might apply to us today? But First Peter 4, verse 7 says, The end of all things is near. Therefore, be clear-minded and self-controlled. Why? So that you can pray. What a great verse. There's the three-point sermon all right there. The end of all things is near. The end of all things is near. That's a, 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 the reality of the believer. It was the reality of the believer in the first century. It's the reality of the believer today. Maybe our our antennas have gone up a little bit. The end of all things is near. I mean, we live 70 to 80. Some go beyond that. Praise God. My parents are 88. They turned 88 this year. Some of us don't make it to 70 to 80. The end of all things is near for, as we know it, here on this earth. And then there's that big word, therefore. Whenever you see a therefore in Scripture, always look at what was just before that and look at what was just after that because it's pretty significant, pretty important. If this is true, if the reality of the believer is the end of all things is near, then what's Peter about to say that's pretty significant? He says, be alert and of sober mind. Okay, you got a different translation than I did, but that's fine. Be alert and of sober mind. Be self-controlled. There's, there's lots of uh, things that can distract us, a lot of things that can get us not alert and not sober and not self-controlled. And so that we really need, that's what we can do in it from a human aspect and even ask God that we would be able to be in that position. But that's an exhortation to the believer and I exhort you this morning, be alert and be sober, be self-controlled, be clear-minded. <clears throat> so when you run to the rock, you put yourself in that position and you engage with God, he clears up our minds. He lets us know what's important and what's not important. What's significant and what's, you know, it's not really that important or significant. Be clear-minded. So, and he wants us to, he, I exhort you this morning, as Paul or Peter exhorted the believers in the early church to be clear-minded and self-controlled, alert, and whatever that other word was, sober, so that you can pray, so that you can pray at your very best. 
You know, when an athlete goes into competition, they want to be clear-minded. They want to be fit. This is what he asks us to do as a, as a believer. To, in order for us to pray, be clear-minded, be sober, be alert, so that we can pray. That's our purpose. The purpose of the believer is stated right there, so that we can pray. And in this passage of Scripture, I've got three how you can remember this, you can just memorize the verse, that would be good, but this is my third point, and this is, this is how it wraps it up. Watch out, wake up, cry out. Reality, exhortation, purpose. Watch out, wake up, cry out. Cry out <clears throat> heartfelt prayers. Pray real heartfelt prayers deep within you. Father, our country is in trouble. Father, our cities are in trouble. Father, the family unit is in trouble. May dads and moms be united as one for the sake of their children and their children's children. In a classic passage in 2 Chronicles 20, there's a prayer of Jehoshaphat. A massive army was closing in on his forces, and he called the nation to prayer. It's not surprising that in times of war, some of the most impassioned prayers of the heart have been prayed. The annuals of Russian history tell us that uh, pivotal turning point when Napoleon had surrounded Moscow, and indeed its spires were being torched and burned. Knowing he was on the verge of humiliation and defeat, the Tsar was on his face before God in a church in St. Petersburg, pleading for God to save his nation. The czar was not a devout man with a natural bent for prayer. In fact, he had lived an immoral and disreputable uh, life. Earlier, he had intentionally appointed a vile man as archbishop in the hope of gaining an ally in his own wicked lifestyle. But God works through the schemes and ploys of political demagogues, does he not? And after taking the office, the archbishop no longer wanted to mock God. In a completely surprising move to the whole nation, the archbishop surrendered his life to Christ. That sounds kind of ironic, doesn't it? An archbishop surrendering his life to Christ. But that's what happened in this case. As the nation tottered on the brink of defeat, the czar himself sought God in repentance and prayer. God answered his plea and sent a minor, minor prophet, the winter, one of the coldest in the history of Russia. And the rest is history. On February 24th, 1986, the history of the Filipino people records the same cry of desperation. 800 soldiers were open targets before President Ferdinand Marcos Air Force. Nervously, they stood watching those, uh, the, the aircraft hover over them and knowing that their attempt at a peaceful revolution could end in moments with their small army being blown apart. But They were not just standing there. They were being led in scripture reading and prayer. Sure that the end was near, General Ernesto Isleta was reading to them from Psalm 91. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. He will cover you with His feathers and under His wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. Even as they heard the word of the Lord being read to them, the whirring of the encroaching aircraft overhead grew louder and louder. 
but something was happening of which they were not aware. As the planes came closer, instead of wiping out this meager handful on the ground, one by one the pilots defected and landed. That story of the bloodless revolution is now history too. It's time to cry out. Heartfelt prayers to our rock and our redeemer, our almighty God. For we too are waged in battle, are we not? Ultimately, it's a battle against unbelief and for the souls of men and women. Let's break it down. That's what it's about. But many of us who know the Lord today may find ourselves battling fear, anxiety, uncertainty. We wonder what the future holds for our families, for our children. We've lost a job. We've lost loved ones. In Jehoshaphat's situation, it was more than the battle in front of him and his army. If you've read that story, it's a, it's a great story. Go to the, uh, 2 Chronicles 20. It was more than just a cry for help, for victory. This was a plea that those who were in the thick of this conflict would know who God was. Jehoshaphat did not just ask for intervention. He sought the very person and presence of God. Only in that context did he believe he would find victory in his own life before any victory in battle. Whatever battle you are in, seek the person and presence of God. Second Chronicles 26 says, O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand and no one can withstand you. He cries out in this prayer, who are you, God? But then finishes this prayer in verse 12 by saying, we do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Pray with someone today, this week, so that you can keep your eyes on him, our rock. We find ourselves in this place regularly, don't we? We have, I have a, a great partner in prayer in my wife. She loves to pray, and I'm glad that she does. We can, I can always go to her. I have men in my life, groups in my life that I can contact and say, can you pray with me? It's so, so important. We have a board of directors that's committed to praying every day on Monday for Pol the Poland for the nation, on Tuesday for Polish pastors and their churches, on Wednesday for North Liberty Church of Christ and a hundred other churches, for U.S. churches, for their leaders, for their pastors and ministers and servants and godly men and women, the church, that you would be healthy and strong and that even though you don't know what to do, a lot of times your eyes are on him. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All of the ground is sinking sand. <clears throat> my God is my rock and my salvation. In him, I fully trust. We need to run to the rock and bring everybody with us. Everybody we possibly can with us. We need to know the rock, and we will get to know the rock better through praying with others. Watch out, wake up, cry out, heartfelt prayers. And by the way, those bombs attacking us while camping, those were dirt clods from the older neighborhood boys 
fairly harmless in and of themselves, but add fear and the threat of the unknown and dirt clods turn into missiles. That's why it's always the right thing to do when you run to the rock. When you sharpen someone else in the kingdom of God through praying with them. You know those two teenage boys that threw those dirt clods? I, I want to add this to, to their story because one is now the head elder at a church has been the head elder for over 20 years in a neighboring church in Concord, near Concord, Illinois. The other guy, I, I could tell you his whole story, but right now for the last 17 years he served as a, as a senior pastor of Concord Christian Church. So you can still do, throw dirt clods and God forgives you and sees potential and leads you to the place that he wants you to go. If hearing this conversation has caused you to want to reach out and have a conversation with the pastor, then we want to encourage you to use the links down in the description to reach out and start that conversation with us. And if you're interested in finding more about Polish Christian ministries, there's also a link in the description here, or you can go to northliberty.cc missions and uh, find all of the missions that we support to find out more information about Polish Christian ministries or any of the other ones we do. Thank you, Patrick, for uh, helping us today, and uh, thank you for listening in and participating with us, and uh, we look forward to doing it again with you next week. Mm-hmm.